Witchy Ways is a podcast about the journey to unlock the forgotten ways of being in a world that's long taught us to be separated from our bodies, our souls, the world around us, and the other than humans that we share it with. Welcome. I'm your host, Jacqueline Freeman. All right. Okay, so I am looking at this moon that has just emerged from the clouds behind us. It's dusk. Uh, I'm in Penobscot Nation at a Wabanaki gathering, um, Healing Turtle Island. Um, You can find information. I'll put it in the show notes. Um, This is a 21-year cycle of rituals that Sherry Mitchell um, had dreamed and is now manifesting. This is its third year happening. Um, So the land is beautiful. The mosquitoes are fierce. <laughs> I've been calling them mosquitoes. <laughs> um, it's just amazing. Like in my van the first night, I had a citronella candle up and they were huddled on the ceiling above the citronella candle. Uh, they are something else. But um, there's uh, we've been in ceremony all day. This is the third day of ceremony. Um, so it's starting to close out. And rather than wait in line for the glorious dinner that has been prepared for us, the food has really been beautiful. Um, but I enjoy it more if I haven't stood in line for half an hour. So Sarah Jelena and I have decided to pull over <laughs> by the trees and the river that runs behind them um, and just talk for a little while. We had a really great Um, conversation this morning before ritual started um, and unsurprisingly connected on a lot of things we look like we could have come from the same village in northern Holland actually (laughs) so we've been talking about loving our wonderful tree frames here uh, before we turn the mic on but um, you had a really great question we wanted to kind of kick this off (laughs) do you remember the question Actually, like what? First, before we go any further, I just want to—I uh, want to thank you for the opportunity to laugh with you on this podcast, um, and to like the to just like really honor um, and just kind of like explicitly honor uh, the gracious goddess, the um, the one who has been holding so many of us in her dreams, and that we mm. are. We are the dreams of our ancestors, mm-hmm. and we carry the dreams for future generations. Yeah, and all the time that we've been here, um, that has been very present. That has been a very sensory, tingly, like ears growing into elf ears kind of experience. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. twitchy, um, and and that to kind of to be on this journey where there's so much confusion. And so much mm. lack of clarity, and yet every step is guided. Yeah. And so I just honor honor the great one, mm. um, the great the great ones. There are many manifestations who have brought the listener to this podcast and who have brought us together here. Mm. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And so in this journey that can be so confusing. So confusing. 
although totally guided like <laughs> totally 2020 guided. it's like wow it's just so clear look how so it happened clear. um uh our question earlier was what does it mean to be in this time like here now in this time this time of i think everyone here especially is uh very alive to um the reemergence of the ancestors and really that that calling from beyond the veil has become very present and um people i mean we've heard every day in ceremony that there's been a lot of storytelling there's been um some ritual that's been really powerful um but there's been a lot of storytelling um and storytelling as ritual yes yeah, yes, very much so. Um, a lot of bearing witness mm-hmm. um, to like the grief and the loss and the joy of finding again um, the old ways mm-hmm. and coming back into the space of um, being recognizing that we are a part of nature and there's not us over here and nature over there. Mm-hmm. Right. And where we are now is a time where every step matters and every word spoken can make a difference regardless of whether or not ceremony has been officially declared Mm. and our two where we are now is a time when we are being asked what we have always been asked which is to live in um to live in the constant presence of the present and that is a very big moment that's a very wide thing in which the the past and the future are so intertwined in this present moment right and like that's literally true because you know like and and this was said today and it's i'm sure many people know this that like you know that the, the extent to which the our dna and everything that we say and every structure every building every car every every fossil fuel is a way in which the past is in the present and we carry the seeds of the future in our wombs and men carry the seeds in their testes and you know like there there is this act of testimony to the future at every moment and so to be here now is to be on is to be in a space where we have to remember and by remember i mean to bring the body back together again Mm, to bring the human earth body into wholeness again and to bring all of our people into relationship in a way that quite frankly we've never been in relationship before we've never Mm. we've never had conciliation right we never Mm. had proper ways of being together um because we because you know um my ancestors didn't know how put it simply <laughs> mm. you don't think if you go back far enough that they did i think we maybe were, if we go back really far like but like we were all yeah. indigenous at one yeah. point well if we go back really far we can't but in terms of like more conscious memory right like well i mean if we're talking about history right uh history his story are the mm-hmm. things that have been written down mm-hmm. um but the ways were before things were written down mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. um like there's so much more that travels on the voice mm. than it's this like multi-layered, multi-tonal, varying colors spinning out in different directions yeah. when someone's talking. And like the technology of writing is far inferior 
mm-hmm. to that of the voice, right? Mm-hmm. Like you've got black and white going in one mm-hmm. direction, mm-hmm. Um, and and life does not black life is not black and white moving in one right. direction, you know? No, at all. Yeah, like I mean, I do. I, I teach a lot on decolonization and climate change and spirituality and ancestral healing, and there's always this point, and and we go through like the past. 500 years um and there's always this point when it's it gets really overwhelming the history gets really really overwhelming and the first time i taught i was you know mostly doing online teaching and the first time i taught this material which i had developed over a long time um my students had kind of almost exactly the same time (laughs) this major breakdown in the way they thought and they said I just we just can't stand to put things in paragraphs and it was so interesting to me it was like the the break the breakdown of the identity that comes when you're fully cognizant of, the more you become cognizant of history the more it shifts your identity and as mm. that happens your mind begins to change yeah. And the structure, that written, like, linear structure. And I say this as a writer, as someone right, right. who has been writing since I was 10. Like, as someone who, like, has published in all sorts of different places and who is working on a book and, like, I, and teaches people writing. And, like, yeah. <laughs> like I say yeah. this as a very much as a writer. Like, there is a place where writing um, absolutely fails us mm. and where... Like there is a process in our process of becoming where of becoming who we are, where we have to release our we have to release the way our mind has been attached to the empire. And we have to release the way our mind has been attached to ways of engaging, which have been taught to us through that written form. So maybe we'll right. take it. You know, it's not like you can never write again, obviously, but it's just like to release that to let when that moment comes to not push it, to not say, oh, I should write something, but Mm. instead to like let yourself move into a non-written form of expression. Right. And that can be dance, it can be ritual, it can be music, it can be, you know, anything. It's just so long as like you're you're following that nudge Mm. because that's part of how the reformation of the identity can happen. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. Yeah, it really is this sort of like breaking out of the black white linear. Totally. Right? That to find these other ways literally that that, that let you do that. Right. Um and so it's kind of cool to be in this space where pl- things like podcasting are taking off and people right. would much rather podcast or listen to a book, right? And of course, the debates that happen in English departments, as right. I'm sure you've been privy to, is whether listening to a book is really, if it really counts as reading the book or something, you know, but yeah. um, there's so much more information that travels on the voice and and the cultures that came before the written cultures, right? They They were transmitting things in oral traditions, in song, in dance. Um, We had someone that, and this is something in my own ancestral healing journey, um, one of my lines, the dance that they do to heal was taught to them by the willow trees. Mm. And we heard this in ceremony, um, I think yesterday, somebody was talking about 
you know, there was a time when we were so, as indigenous nations, so in harmony with nature that it was the other than humans that taught us our ways, right? And and Um, you get that across cultures, you get that in European cultures, you get that all over the place. But there's no question that, and it's, so as someone who's very concerned, as I'm sure everyone listening is, with climate change, like this understanding might be one of the most important understandings to consistently return to because we have to recultivate that relationship with how plants and animals and clouds and thunder and lightning and waves and uh, snow is talking to us in order to survive. Yeah, very true. Like we're coming and like, and they're going to talk to us sometimes in movement. They're going to talk to us in, in ways that aren't like words always. Um, Especially until, because most of us, I have people go and, I'm consistently having my my students and my the communities I'm cultivating like go and talk to trees and I'm discovered how much we don't how many people don't really know how to talk to trees um, and they have lost the practice of talking to trees which I probably should have known before I sent people off to do it. But, <laughs> so what is some of the stuff that you've learned about teaching people how to talk to trees? Well, um, so first of all, we have to recognize that trees as beings already have conversations that that are going on so you can't just like (laughs) you can't just start talking and expect it's like you wouldn't interrupt someone else's conversation Mm. so you kind of got to recognize that like you know you you had to spend some time listening to kind of figure out where they where are they in the conversation like where are they in their life and they might have things to um, to that they need to kind of get off their chest or like share first, like mm. <laughs> like to, yeah. you know, like they. It's not just about going up to them and talking, which which um, I re- I realized that that was something that a lot of people were doing. You kind of just you had to work on being with the entirety of the tree, like our trees or grove, like to try to take in the entirety of that grove or entirety of a particular tree if you're working a single tree. And just like be with it for a while and let your non-paragraph part of your mind like lead. And so that could be um, for some people that looks like, and I think everyone has like some sort of grounding body practices that, that kind of help ground this natural movement for them. So people doing those natural movements for some people that's like dancing, for some people it has a bit more stretching, for some people it has more to do with sitting, but whatever those sort of what your body naturally does as a form of grounding to um, kind of settle in and come into settling somewhere. settling in exactly settling into into your physical being which can communicate in ways that your like mouth and mind cannot even if that ends up being singing or talking eventually it might be that um and and so like those are all kind of like you have to kind of detangle a little bit yeah some of those things um and then like really actively like so those are things on the first stages and then like there's a there's a there's i guess a relaxation um that you have to do it's sort of a de-walling and for a lot of people that experience in and of itself like especially people who um don't have any kind of practice, any kind of nature practice or something. They don't spend a lot of time trying to commune. Even if they're in nature, they might not be trying to commune. They might not be right. trying to really deeply communicate. Um, 
so that can be yeah like folks that really appreciate but, my nature and love being out in it but maybe don't understand but not they trying can to have like, a deeper relationship right they're not trying to, to have a there. exactly and so frequently what happens is that just just that alone especially like as they become conscious of how the, of the interconnection of the whole whatever forest or wherever they are that by itself can be so like big so overwhelming that that's all you can do like in that yeah that's that's it you just kind of like gotta do that and if that's all you can do then that's all you do don't push it right don't try to push the conversation yeah because often you'll get stuff that might not be from a tree is certainly not necessarily the question you might have gone in there asking like you're just like there's sort of a first you receive yeah and then you can it's like then or if you have it's different if you have a relationship because some of my people have specific relationships with specific trees and i think that's that's a different situation but um yeah that was something i had someone tell me in holland once because um uh the end of my time there was this uh i mean i had struggled with depression most of my life but uh um the end of my time there was really like the darkest suicidal depression i'd ever been in Mm -hmm. um and it was a tree that pulled me out of it Uh right and the Dutch, you know, it's this tiny little postcard of a country. Yeah. And so they do not waste any space. Like something right. running next to a railroad track, they're going to cultivate into a park. And uh, whereas, you know, here we would just kind of leave it to go right. wild or whatever. Right. But um, so there was this, you know, this little strut park that was next to the railroad tracks that kind of took me into a bigger park, not too far from my house when I lived in Utrecht. And there was, I had gotten to the place in the Depression where... I was getting out of bed, putting on clothes, and taking a short walk every day, which for those that have been in depression know that that's, that's, a, big deal. that's a big deal. There's totally. a lot of work that's gone into that. And, <laughs> um, and so I'm, you know, sludging myself <laughs> down the sidewalk, and I just was filled with all these frizzies and tension and pain, and I walked under this tree, and it was like going under a vacuum cleaner that just sucked it all out. Mm. And I turned back around and I was like, did you just do that? <laughs> you know, and the tree just kind of sat there and like shimmered a little bit in the breeze that wasn't there. <laughs> and um, and I was like staring at it for a while, you know, and then there was this tree that I called the mommy tree because uh-huh. it had all these big burls on oh, it that just looked nice. like big old boobies. Right. Uh-huh. So. I would go like nestle in there and wrap, it was a willow tree and I would like wrap her tendrils around my hand. Like I'm playing with someone's hair or something. And, um, for, and she's, you know, I was totally in this like vanity, vanity, it's all vanity. You know, I've been around the world and everything's the same. Like, how am I supposed Mm -hmm. to get out of this? And, um, and she showed me and I wasn't necessarily talking to her. Do you know what I mean? But I, had gone to just go be with her yeah. so many times that um, I just felt good when I was next to her. So, um, so I, you know, was in this vanity, vanity, it's all vanity place. And then she started showing me all the things she'd seen sitting in the same place for about 300 years. And that was my first lesson on grounding, right? Mm-hmm. So part of the things that had led into the depth of that spiral were that in my desperation to come out of it, I was like flinging open all these spiritual doors, but I didn't know how to ground and I didn't know how to protect myself, you know, and I would, (laughs) it it was, it was horrible. And, you know, I would get these visions of trees spinning around and, and I didn't even have enough like 
understanding to know about. I didn't even know about grounding, like, you know, but like the trees spinning around, you know, that's hilarious. (laughs) So, so, um, and I'm sure all my, I know all my guides are like, oh my God, she still doesn't get it. You know, because I do this whole over analysis of like, oh yeah, because like the branches are like the roots and it's this mirror image and they're like, oh, no, no, no. Okay. How are we going to get her to ground? You know, just right the tree put your roots in the ground yeah so the tree just kind of showed me like you know i'm in this space and um and here's all the different things and changes that i've seen over time and um so it was like okay so being in one space maybe isn't such a bad idea and coming from an abusive home um and going from an abusive home to abusive relationships which is what What you do um staying in the same place wasn't necessarily something i thought of as being safe right and it was the tree that showed me that showed me that difference and um and i would feel like um like i was downloading you know like there was some sort of usb port in my back that i would like click in when i was laying up against her and she would just sort of like pull all this stuff out of me and then upload all this good stuff I mean that's what it felt like so you know so then I just sort of and I remember when I left Holland like she came to visit me in a dream she like lifted her little bark skirts over and waddled over to say (laughs) goodbye it was the cutest thing but you know like having that experience with her it was like oh I always felt good when it's by the tree so I'm gonna like be like a tree Right. And then oh. it was later that I learned the language of like grounding. Yeah. You know, um, so. So, yeah, it was her teaching that. And of course, Dutch people, Dutch people are not into this. <laughs> so, when, so when I would say my best friend was a tree, like the looks they would give me. And, um, and I was like, well, you know, with a tree, you always know where you stand and that they had to concede. So. <laughs> But I remember telling this African guy that I'd become friends with that my best friend was a tree and he wanted to meet her. Uh-huh. So we went on a walk one day and we turned the corner and like as soon as we turned the corner, he was like, oh, it's the third one down. Like he knew immediately. And uh, and then he told me, you know, these big burls, he said, in my country, uh, when this kind of tree makes this kind of knot, we harvest the bark to use for pain medicine. Oh. And it was like, well, that makes complete and total sense because that's absolutely what she does to me, right? And so that sort of like natural knowing of like, I need to be nestled in between these burls, you know? Right, and there's this form of communication that's yeah. happening, right? Yeah. Like between your your system, your whole mind-body-spirit system and her mind-body-spirit system. Yeah, absolutely. That is having a conversation. Yeah. And like letting ourselves trust that. Yeah. And letting ourselves like relax our presuppositions of what it should sound and let like. go of the mind sort of running around that we're making this up right which in our current society i mean oh my goodness the number of times it i mean that's such a I, yeah i yeah it's not really an issue for me but i i find it yes definitely and and then i mean i guess so that, so that raises the really important question of like for you as you're going on your journey like what types of grounding things are you hoping to be doing Hmm. Right. Other than what we normally think of as grounding. Well, I mean, mean, is that, do you feel like that's enough or do you feel like you need to be doing more? 
Um, well, and this is something we were talking, how we got started talking earlier today, <laughs> that I think that some of the things that you offered would be, were very useful to me and I think would be useful to other people as well. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I haven't done any podcasting since I got here. Um, because the mosquitoes are so bad. So if you hear, if you hear, if you hear a lot of rustling and smacking in the background, it's because the mosquitoes, mosquitoes. it's dusk and the mosquitoes are really coming out. And so, um, and you know, they're like the, my van is parked like four feet away from the next van. Um, so there's not really any spaces. There haven't been spaces where, um, after ceremony was over that I felt like I could sit and, you know, knock out a podcast about what I'd experienced that day. Um, so I'll be backtracking to fill y'all in on things that have happened. But um, uh, I did pick something up somewhere in the Southeast um, that my energy worker pulled off. And so we were having a conversation about like the work that I'm doing in this trip of visiting these places that are of personal ancestral importance to me and also national ancestral importance to us as Americans, these things that have happened on the land and um, going to those places to bear witness to that as part of the healing process um, that is so crucial right now as part of the ways of opening the doors of communication because I think too um, not only for many of us have the ancestors not been spoken to in such a long time that if folks start opening that communication it may take a little while for them to get to the door um, because no one's heard the doorbell in a really long time you know and by the same Uh, the same token when we're learning to communicate with all of the other than human people that populate this planet um, they're they're not used to us talking to them anymore there was a time when that was the normal thing to do but it's it's a new thing you know it's a reawakening thing so it may take a little while to connect and part of me taking this trip is taking the steps in my own life for that and then hopefully right? Every one of us that does that is making it a little bit easier for the next person that does that. Um, And this is work that really interests you and you've done a little work around it. So if you could just talk a little bit about um, some of the things that you offered earlier around that. Yeah. Um, So as we were saying, like, so we are in this time of remembering um, and we are in a time and that there's a physical dimension to reconnecting with the land and not only reconnecting with the land, oh, like we can communicate with trees, but reconnecting the land in a way that is conscious of the histories of colonization. Mm, yeah. Um, because without that, you're kind of like stepping over um, like what happened. You're stepping over reality. Yeah. And stepping over reality is just bad spiritual practice. Like yeah. it doesn't matter what tradition you're working in. But for people who are trying to be like pay attention to earth, earth-based spiritual practices, um, maybe in addition to other faith practices or or just by themselves um like we you cannot do that in our pretty much anywhere in the world today without dealing with the histories of colonization and those histories include the histories of what leads to the industrial revolution remembering that colonization precedes the industrial revolution to a certain extent is what enables the industrial revolution to occur in the first place so if you're concerned because we have to have already like lost connection that the trees are people to be able to grind them up in mills to begin with yeah right so and 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 you have to you have to you have to be able to objectify humans yes um and to have 
put make humans into property in order to create the level of capital that was necessary for the industrial revolution yeah so um you simply you simply cannot complain about technology or or um all the other or and by technology i'm particularly thinking about um, the extent to which we have an inorganic life uh, an extent to which our world has become the world in which we live has become deadly to us mm. uh, whether that be whether you're thinking about you know unsafe pesticides or whether you're thinking about uh climate change and it's all just a spectrum so all of that stems from uh, this colonization so you can't engage with any kind of earth-based spirituality without engaging in a process of decolonization yeah and so that's and we this year in particular politically this year in particular is extraordinarily important to be helping all of us as a society um, as a country come back into uh, an ability to remember America as she has never been properly remembered. Mm. Um, and so I think many people are feeling this nudge right now. Uh, and maybe it's for a long journey or maybe it's just in their own, as they can in their life, right? Not necessarily taking time off, but as, as it makes sense in your life to, to go to a particular place or to visit, um, to honor, to inquire into and so i had a one of my students um she heard the her family money came from colorado it came from the mines in colorado mm. so she she doesn't live in colorado she lives in the east coast and so she went out there she never been out there she's always been curious she tried to get out there um and like right before she was going to go up the mountain to visit the place where her ancestors had done all this damage and to try to do a ceremony out there um, they found out that um, there was a major avalanche. And like they hadn't thought that there might be avalanches because they're from the East Coast. Like avalanches aren't really a big thing. Like like rock slides is a rock slide. And like they just they don't have mountains where they're from on the East Coast on the shoreline. You know, like they so like it, they had not even thought of what does it mean to climb a mountain? Mm and that a rock slide happened and they're only there for a week. So at first she gets really upset. She's like, oh my gosh, like this rock slide happened. I can't go and do this ceremony. Um, and it's like, she was like, oh, <laughs> you know, and she's, she'd put so much energy into going out there. And, and I said, you know, this notion that we have, that we can just fly, jet someplace, land there and do whatever the heck we think we're supposed to be doing and leave. Like that <laughs> is so, there's a like a there's an arrogance mm. that's just not that's not how nature works mm. like we work on her on her timetable we work with what she's going through and then we found out that there are actually way more rock slides this season than there had been before mm. because of climate change which is something else that she not being in the from the rocky mountains like like how would she know that how would she even know to like ask that question right so you know Step one is to like be patient and kind and compassionate with ourselves. Yeah, <laughs> like totally. as we try to engage with a journey that most of us don't have a lot of. There isn't a lot of precedence where you might have heard of something or see something on TV or she's that doesn't convey the the that conveys the magic of it and doesn't convey the time the mess of it. Yeah, and we all know that magic and mess are like totally all part <laughs> of the same process, right? I mean. 
Like, ideally... There's a lot of chores in fairy tales for a reason. <laughs> right. 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 There's a lot of sweeping. Yeah. <laughs> right? I Doing mean, laundry. Right. There's a lot of... And she was hanging her clothes, and then the goblins came and, you know, talked right, with exactly, her. Exactly. Because there's a lot of chores to be done. Yeah, like, that's... Yeah, yeah. But that's the... That's, like, that's not just women's work. That's just life. Yeah. Life yeah, is... absolutely. Life is all this stuff. So... I think first is like to kind of be compassionate with like our um, our and to to recognize the extent to which we don't know what the heck we're doing on some mm, level, yeah. and that what we're doing is like we have a deep knowledge. And so one of the things that came to me one time is like you are not prepared, and you have everything that you need. <laughs> I'm like, thanks, mom. Like, oh, I love that, that. It's so true. You know, you, you gracious, you gracious goddess upon whom I believe, help me now with my disbelief. You know, I mean, it's just, yeah. So that's the kind of wisdom I get from, that's the kind of downloads that I get. Yeah, it's like yeah, super yeah, annoying. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm like, great. She's like, they're coming. You're going to like, they're coming. I'm like, oh. <laughs> you just had to summon them and I'm like <laughs> <laughs> so um, like who who am I summoning like, you know the wolves the wolves are coming I'm like okay great I'll just go howl but you had to howl in a language you'll understand I don't know so you know we start we start with a process of a certain degree of compassion for the inevitable mistakes and a recognition yeah. that like there is both that there is both like and then go like really really going not with the like not with the going with the you know Quakerism I come from a Quaker tradition mm. going with like what way Me open too. Spent right? the night in a Quaker burial ground a couple nights ago before I got here. Anyway, <laughs> um, so like yeah, like the way what where is way opening? Yeah, and yeah. like that ability to to listen to and trust that like and and so you know like i mean you remember you sharing that you're gonna be staying with a bunch of family because it's like doesn't make sense to do all this airbnb stuff like of course not like and like oh well you're doing ancestral healing work staying with family makes sense actually like <laughs> yeah it's really amazing how that like opened up because it wasn't and it opened up yeah because like, it was i was planning on like boondocking and then and that, like Totally between real safe. right between realizing that wasn't going to work and that my air conditioning system wasn't going to work right um, and these like these are like super practical and extraordinarily important things to consider in this work yeah like yeah being and i've real seen too like around a lot of the, the planning yeah like because i think the planning yep. Um, like I'm Libra, but Virgo rising. Right. So, uh, so I'll make all these plans. And then as soon as I start moving, they get thrown over my shoulder and then I right. do something totally different. But the planning is really, it's more, if I recognize that the planning is more about making psychological space for the possibilities. Yeah. And then be very loose and holding it because sometimes yeah. You end up gaining knowledge in the planning process that you do end up tapping into later. Right. Just not when you think you're going to need it. Right. Like, right. <laughs> totally. And, and yeah, and it's also about discernment. Like, what is yeah, it that you absolutely. really are being called to here? Um, yeah. So, like, the planning stage is very important. Um, 
and I think also being very clear what you need versus what you think you need. Mm. Um, and versus what's going to, I don't know. Yeah, like what is it that you really need? Um, and so having other people, like having, so, and one of the things I was talking with you about is like, this work, in my opinion, should not be done alone. Mm. And to some extent, it has to be done alone. And this is one of the, um, because it has to be done alone until, um, because in the way that, that's, there's there are certain parts of the spiritual path that we that we travel alone like that's kind yeah. of part of it and partly it's because of where we are now in our society that we just haven't quite done enough of it mm. uh, as collectives yet um, but I in all my teaching I always am putting people into small groups yeah small groups small groups small did I say small like small groups you know like yeah. the covens yeah. I, I support are all like small <laughs> Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know it's something, the, the small thing too, it's something I had the, noticed like studying first communities, mm-hmm. right? The thing they, cause every, every religion I've had interface with, they all emulate their first community. Mm-hmm. Right. And then the thing that small the first groups. communities all have in common is that they're small groups. Guess what? It works. Yeah. I mean, there's like a this. level, there's a level of accountability. Right. There's a space to be vulnerable. Yep. Um, and you, you can know, listen to each other. Right. And you don't get these hierarchies coming in where somebody thinks they don't have to. Everybody realizes they're just a schmuck trying to figure it out. Right. And, exa- <laughs> and that's super, super important. Yeah. But let yeah. us let us be good schmucks, you know, like, yeah. like that. That could be a witchy prayer. I think. Yeah. Um, schmuckaroos, aloof, flying, broomstick. Uh, not really totally sure what we're doing. And 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 to let ourselves. Yeah. So like the so I always. And I'm a huge fan of, um, I mean, I teach online courses, so I obviously do a lot online. I, I've always been shocked and surprised with how much is possible online, yeah. like as a non-tech person, um, like amazing amount of ritual and support and emotional sharing is possible online. And then there's like, you know, get yourself regular massages, women, men, mm. everyone who's doing this work, like yeah. get yourself regular body work. You need like I don't care how great of a healer you are, like you and it, whatever type of like physical, you need to be touched. Mm. You need to have and like if you can't handle being touched, then you need to be like get like Reiki or energy or you need five or five to receive. Group or something. Yeah, something, something, because you need to receive. And if mm. you're traveling in a space mm. that doesn't have that stuff, guess what? It has it more than you think it does. It just probably doesn't look or sound like the way you have thought it would. Mm. And if you can't do that, then freaking go out and like the in in the in the moonlight and find a quiet grove somewhere if that's possible. Like, and I think the loneliness factor is a really challenging one, and and it kind of depends where you are and who you are and everything about around that. Uh, and you know you trust your spirit guides as well obviously but like like you need communities um i think it's really helpful to i don't know like this is this is my style i think it's helpful to to increase your capacity to talk across theological disciplines or across theological spaces um when doing this work is you're often going to be engaging with people who don't have the same theological by which i mean the way in which you think about god and the earth yeah like lens and it's kind of being able to do like do some translation for them um using a lens that they can use mm. that they can see and they can understand that mm. might not be the words that you are using right yeah. and being conscious yeah. of that and 
And so if, if white folks are doing this work to be aware, there's a lot of black and brown folks who are doing this work and they sometimes want to um, work with you and sometimes don't. And they, it's different. It is a different work. It is different. It is related and it's different all at the same time mm-hmm, as mm-hmm, these things are. Mm-hmm. And, um, they're working with slightly different, they're working with different energies. Uh, and, and it's the same. It's, it's kind of both. And so like being very, I think, I think it's important to both seek out folks who are different than you, like ethnically different than you, if that feels appropriate and to respect their boundaries and yeah. to respect when, you know, if it feels like you're not sure if you're trespass, if you're overstepping a line, you can ask. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, if that feels uncomfortable, then like, you know, hold back. Yeah. Cause this this work is hard on everyone, right? This yeah, work is it really, hard for really it, is. everyone is caring a lot. Yes. And and we're not yet very good at talking about it. Exactly. And we're not very and it's vulnerable. Yeah. This is to do this work is vulnerable. Um, and the other thing I, I also really recommend people work with other people. So if you some for example, if you're a channel, if that's something you're good at, you're good at receiving downloads, etc. Like I think this work needs to be held in community and held beyond the individual as much as possible um because we're not doing this work for ourselves we're, exactly. we're doing yeah. it for the whole that's true yeah um and so the whole needs to be part of the process otherwise it's like weird it's like it's like you're like it's like your system is too small your feedback loop is too small mm, mm. um so finding other people to help channel for you even if you're a great channel even if like you're the person everyone goes to for ancestral channeling <laughs> find mm, mm, someone mm. else yeah. to work with you as you do this yeah so that you can actually engage in it and right. if they're coming from a different tradition or maybe you don't think they're as good as you are which might be true might not be true i don't know like that's okay yeah i mean i take i take healing work from people who are significantly like 10 20 30 times less qualified than i am and i get stuff from it yeah right no, it's true like, that's true. Because that's it's because it's just that multiplicity of numbers, right? Like yep. it, and, it amplifies. And as so long as they're in, you know, I mean, you guys, if if you if you are good, you know the rules and you know how to trust your instincts and you know, like, don't give away your power either, right? It's like on the one hand, get help. On the other hand, like, because I've seen I've seen people do this in general when they're doing big work. It doesn't matter what that big work is. If you're doing big work, and you hit upon that space you don't know. Because there's always that space you don't know when you're yeah. doing big work in the world. That's yeah. just part of what it means to do yeah, big work. Very true. You hit the spot you don't know, and it's so easy. And I have to admit, I do think it's more true for women, but not this happens mm. for men too. Mm. It is so easy to go from like, I don't know this. I need help to giving away your power. Mm. And like, let's like really not the same thing and and when you're doing this kind of ancestral work it's like really important to like not give away your power and to be clear that if you're working with spirits not everything in the earth is good right now not everything in the spirit world is positive you're not always there's freaking dangerous stuff out there yeah there is there's yeah, there freaking is. dangerous stuff out there and and like i don't i mean most people are not really aware of that i do know some people who are like i think very very good at exorcisms and they tend to be very sensitive to 
to it, but like the rest of us. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like Cause when my, us... my, uh, the person I work with pulled this thing off me earlier yeah. this week, I, it freaked me out completely because yeah. I thought I'd been taking good steps to protect myself and I'm calling in additional helpers and I'm calling in my well ancestors and, you know, um, and doing like hygiene work at night, every night, you know, and she said, yeah, I don't think there's any way for you to have protected your, the fact that you're doing this work. Yeah. Made you open to it. Made like, you open to it. Right. That but, makes total sense to me. But, um, but being, being connected, having a web of support, um, and how fabulous I, I love her that, that, you know, she sent me the email, like probably within a couple of days of it coming on to be like, how are you? <laughs> you right, know, right. what's going on? What's happening right. on the trip? You know, right. so and, having and, that web right. of support, having that web of support and the web, if you have it and you're activated and you tell them what you're doing, you know, a lot of times they know, a yeah. lot of times they'll know stuff. They don't, I mean, you know, and if you're in the web of support for someone who's out there, freaking do your job and pay attention when you get that nudge to contact them. Yeah. Very true. Like, right. I mean, yeah, don't, very, don't very sit true. back and say, Oh, I'm going to wait for them to call me. If you have a nudge and you have someone out there doing hard spiritual work in the world and you have a nudge, Oh, I should probably contact them. What, do you think you're doing not following that nudge? Yeah, really important. Yeah, we've really got to support each other through this. Yeah. And so now like, even if we you are like... Under, even if you don't understand it. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true Even too. if you think they might be a little crazy, which they <laughs> might be. They might be. They might be doing in a way that you don't approve of. And I, I yeah. mean, you know, no, like there true. is no one right way of doing this. Would you... Okay, so the, they are literally <laughs> swarming. <laughs> like, oh my God, it's horrible. So uh, I think we need to... So if you got any like closing words and we'll wrap up and then try to go somewhere where there's... We we should eat too. They're going to clear the food pretty soon. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, I you know, so I think that I think there's a lot. I think there's a lot of steps to take before you do some of these journeys. I mean, I the stuff that I do, I think is, I think that a lot of these, I don't know, people have different different. They go through different stages. I think if you're feeling called to do more of the remembering work that kind of is more ancestor based or place based like i mean you know follow your guidance follow your internal guidance first but like there's a lot to be said for learning for Mm. giving yourself the time it takes to learn yeah and like to recognize that this is i mean i expect i will be doing this work for the rest i've been doing it for many years and i will be doing it for the rest of my life yeah Um, And so like most of what I teach is sort of a bit more intellectual and embodied rather than going to specific places, although Mm. I do some of that also. Um, And it's in part because I think that those, like a lot of the other stuff is really, it's really important. Yeah. So, um, but you know, the name of my, uh, the name that came to me from my company is Sequoia Samanvaya. And Samanvaya means harmony. So it's coming into harmony with a deep wisdom. Mm. And the living wisdom. Mm, mm. And in Sanskrit, Samanvaya, like it's not um, the harmony that we're talking about is the harmony that we're seeking in this work. And it is a harmony that is the harmony of the earth breathing. Mm. That our breath coming into harmony with the mm. earth's breath. And our ancestors' breath is part of that. Yeah. Yeah. And their voice and their song is part of the collective breath Mm. Uh, and our ability for our voices to be to have their strength comes for us to even know what our purpose is comes in part 
from our relationship, from that lineage that is behind us. And that lineage is spiritual, it's blood, it's song. You know, there's, there's many dynamics that lineage, but it's coming behind us, coming through our throat chakra and out into, and through our wombs and through our bodies and through our hearts and through our hands out into the world. And there's many ways of, of going on the historical journeys. Um, and so you can do it, you know, a lot of it can be done. There's a lot that can be done. Let's just say there's a lot that okay, can be done. There is. And it's beautiful. Yeah, it is. Well, thank you so much for taking this time and staying with me until like the swarms moved in. Oh my God. And we thank you to the land. We thank you to the Wabanaki people for hosting us uh, this weekend. We thank you for the beautiful moon that is shining down on us. She's really and, uh, beautiful. Isn't she? Blessed really, be. Really gorgeous. Hope you enjoyed that episode. Thanks for listening. If you're not already, subscribe to the podcast. That way you can get episodes as soon as they're released. If you'd like more information about my van build or travels to get my feet in soil to hear what she has to say, then go on over to www.witchyways.com. That's spelled with a Y instead of an I. And uh, gotta be weird and wild about it, you know? So may your heart mind, eyes, ears, and life be open to the magic and connection that surrounds us all the time. Blessed be.